they're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Bilodeau. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes! yes. Welcome to Off the Podium, a Paralympics podcast for the second time in 12 months. Uh, and it's not even the second time of these games. Uh, that's how uh, dedicated we are. But we're busy. We're busy people. But we, we always find time, at least within the last six months, to talk about the Paralympics. And uh, we get to talk about Shui Ron Ron. That's what this episode is all about. <laughs> and then we'll throw in some of the other game stuff in there. Uh, my name is Colin, and uh, of course, also on the line, uh, for the first time ever in three separate countries, which is exciting, uh, we get to talk about three separate networks that cover this, uh, or two of them, because I'm still thinking NBC is trying to put something together, and it may come in the future. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, ben Waterworth coming to us live from New York City, New York, New York. Ben, Hello. Uh, yes, live from New York. It's Monday morning. Um, thank you, Colin. This feels weird not hosting an episode with all three of us, but uh, I appreciate your welcoming. My name is Ben. Yes, we don't do that on this show, do we? <laughs> no, but no. we can try. Uh, and my name is Ben. Name... And whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I'm a skier. <laughs> and his name is Jared. And uh, I, I am hearing rumors that he might be taking over uh, the researching position for Channel 7. Uh, that could be why he's been a little bit inactive in the last couple of weeks. Jared, <laughs> welcome, and thank you for um, cleaning up Ben's mess. No worries. Big shoes to fill at uh, Channel 7. And I also am, it feels a bit weird not hosting this. I'm so used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jared, come on, put your finger out. This is slack of your behalf. Why are you so lazy today? <laughs> I think uh, one of the interesting things is that for the first time ever, we get to, uh, I guess, bring perspective from three different countries or networks coverage uh, and see what's different or what exists in uh, each country. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you want to start us off just by telling us, well, compared to Tokyo, which uh, I remember being quite good from from what you guys told us about the uh, the TV coverage on Channel 7. Uh, what's Channel 7's coverage been like? Has there been coverage of this? Or did they forget that there was a Paralympics this time around? To be honest, it's been pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> just like a highlight show every day, like an hour long, that's all you get. Um, on an annoying time so that nobody watches it. It's just, I don't know. It's I've been watching stuff on the app. Uh, so at least they have that, but, um, yeah, the coverage itself, not too great. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a shame, but I suppose it's good that we've got something, uh, at all. And Ben, uh, you get to see what little coverage is. I get to see what little coverage is of NBC, but I was pleasantly surprised, uh, on the first night that you were sending me, like they had live coverage and, uh, they were showing real sports, uh, over on a sister network. So, um, did that carry on throughout the entire Olympics or what's it been like there? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time I've ever seen any wind, uh, Paralympics or, or regular Olympics, not that the Paralympics, I hate using that word, Paralympics or Olympics in another country. Um, and, yeah, so they 
we're showing it on the USA network. So kind of the room that I'm staying in has like a, you know, cable box and you kind of, you're looking through the guide one night and then basically every night from about midnight, they would just have uh, blanket coverage from it looked like on the guide, like from midnight through to, uh, I don't know, whatever time it would end. So um, every night I would come back and I would put it on and it was just it was just live it was just purely live on the usa network it was clearly the nbc coverage uh because you sort of had the nbc set and you had the nbc people and there was commentators and just all that kind of stuff too but uh i i don't know if that's a regular thing that they usually do during an olympics or a paralympics that kind of like siphon off nbc coverage as another network like the usa network but yeah it was it was on every single night live uh so that was cool and you said obviously that you given that you get NBC that you sounded like what was happening in Australia with Channel 7 that you kind of only saw like two seconds of it every single day it, it wasn't even every single day uh, I think that's the really bad thing with uh, with NBC is that uh, I, I can't even remember specifically if Tokyo I, I'm pretty sure they had a little bit more but that also was during the summer where there's less on TV uh, but I kept waiting from day one to see what is NBC covering uh, as far as like network coverage and there was nothing. And it was only in the last two days, it was Friday night and it was Saturday night. They had a one hour recap show each day where they were recapping events from the entire Paralympics. Uh, so minimal effort put into the network coverage, but it, it, it actually does sound like the USA network coverage uh, was probably even better than what we had here in, uh, in Canada with CBC with CBC. It's it's not that they didn't have TV time dedicated. It's probably the same as what we had for Tokyo. Uh, there would be about a two hour prime time show every single night. There would be a daytime show and there would be an overnight show. And if you add all that up, you're looking at probably six to eight hours per day. Uh, but there was a lot of reruns <laughs> that was going on, which I think was unnecessary because there is, and, and let's also say there, there are fewer events being held for the Paralympics. So filling eight hours might be a little bit tricky, but uh, it was just wheelchair curling all the time, which I understand this is Canada. And I mean, curling is a big sport, but uh, I I'm, I'm all wheelchair curling out. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping to see a little more variety from the other sports uh, but, uh, I, I mean, still, I can't really complain because at least we have the best network coverage here. The more frustrating thing for me was how abbreviated some of the sports were. Like when we're watching a downhill event and the runs are maybe 60 to 75 seconds, I see no need to edit that. And I mean, CBC, every single time they had this on, even if they had a two hour block, it was, oh, this gear is going down and we watched the first 10 seconds and then it'll cut to the end. I'm like, no, I don't need that. It's only, you're, you're looking for a minute and 10 seconds tops. Uh, give us a little bit more, maybe cut a couple ends out of the wheelchair curling. But uh, as far as variety of sports goes, I mean, uh, is, is it a one sport show in Australia, Jared? Uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I feel like they do this thing with, because it's like an hour highlight show, like a day, they only really show the Australian athletes. Um, and Australia just happens to have, I swear, like 90% of our athletes are in some form of like alpine skiing. So I just saw a lot of downhill, like, but I just got sick of it. I had the opposite problem. Like they showed the entire runs because they're just showing the Australian athletes, but it was just like run after run after run of downhill and like the different disciplines and 
it just got a bit boring. I was like, I'd rather just see other sports and see Aussies. Like it was great to see them and they would have had time. Like it's not like there were that many athletes. They could have shown the Australians and also shown other sport, but it was just purely like Australian highlights of just like their runs and just everybody seemed to be doing downhill of some sport. I know for NBC, their two hours of coverage over nine, 10 days, um, they pretty much were focusing just on the the American athletes. Although I was pleasantly surprised they opened up their second day with, uh, I mean, there was an American silver in there, but it was actually one of the big Canadian golds. But uh, uh, USA Network, I mean, they're doing live coverage, so they probably couldn't predict it as much. Uh, but uh, what type of variety of sports did you get, Ben? Did you get a variety of sports? Because you told me it was almost exclusively one thing as well. Yeah, well, it's funny when you said you saw wheelchair curling. I like, I wish I bloody saw some wheelchair curling. I didn't see any. Um, but uh, similar to Jared, it was mainly just alpine. Like every time I was watching it, I swear I was watching some form of alpine. But it was it was obviously live, and they would show the whole thing. I, I actually saw a bit of um, para cross country. They they showed a, a fair few of those, which was kind of unique and interesting, and biathlon as well. Um, and obviously a lot of sled hockey right at the end. And I swear that was always kind of on when I was falling asleep. But the thing that I loved about the coverage here, and I've seen it here before in the US when I've watched Formula One here, is, and I don't know if they do it in Canada. I, I don't know if I ever witnessed it. But when they go to a commercial break, they actually put like picture in picture. So they actually will still mm-hmm. have, like they'll they'll minimize the screen. So you can still watch the Paralympics like in the top left corner while you've got your commercials going on, which they do that for Formula One so that you don't miss any of the race. You can still watch it. You've obviously got no commentary. You've got no sound, but you can still see what's happening. And I'm sure, Jared, you watch any sport in Australia and you know that. Like I know for a big uh, gripe for Australian football fans is now this whole situation on free-to-air when every time someone kicks a goal, they'll play like one or two commercials. And I think they do it in rugby as well. Whenever somebody scores a try, so let's play one. We can fit one or two commercials in in between the celebrations. And it's just bullshit. That's why everyone goes and pays for cable and gets, you know, Foxtel and gets Fox Sports and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, a lot of downhill uh alpine <laughs> a lot of you know but the, i like the biathlon like the i didn't realize that like biathlon and cross country had guides as well in some of the events like i i'm, I'm fascinated by biathlon with a guide like yeah, to yeah. your left to your left to your right to your right shoot shoot <laughs> like i mean like that's brilliant that is so so amazing but uh i didn't see any uh curling so I, i'm disappointed and actually i maybe saw like one moment of snowboarding which um i mean I'm guessing Channel 7 probably focused on that, given that's where Australia won one medal in. But, um, yeah, I didn't see as much uh, snowboarding as I thought I would either. Well, I mean, just to kind of break it down here, I mean, obviously we're looking at, in any Paralympics, uh, probably a lot of medals, but not necessarily as many sports because you will have There's the vision-impaired medals. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're going to break up all those medals among vision-impaired, and then you have to have you know, people who have amputations just from this point on and then just from this point on. It's all very complicated for uh, which event you can qualify for. But I mean, of the the six events, alpine skiing, Nordic skiing, uh, which uh, makes up the biathlon and the cross country, pair ice hockey, snowboarding, wheelchair curling. I mean, it's not surprising there is a lot more alpine skiing that uh, is being shown everywhere outside of Canada where wheelchair curling is the only sport apparently uh, because uh, 30 medals were given out in alpine skiing. The next closest to that was 20 in cross country, 18 in biathlon, eight in snowboarding, and then only in one in pair ice hockey and wheelchair curling. 
Uh, Para ice hockey, kind of sad that we don't have a, a women's version yet. There's no reason we, Why we shouldn't. Why is there then, a women's one? Like, I always thought there was a women's para ice hockey. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, and I can only assume it comes down, you know, similar to a lot of the not enough competition or what they would say, but like, get the competition out there. Uh, it, it, you're you're looking for a couple of countries that will be willing to participate. Uh, and we do know that those, those sleds, they, they cost a lot of money. Uh, when mm. we had um, uh, Wallace on um, Jack. a couple months ago, Jack, Jack Wallace on a couple months ago, uh, I think he, he told us it was something like $10,000. I don't remember the exact dollar. Do you remember? Not off the top of my head, no, but um, very expensive. And obviously, you know, the way they've got to transport them and fix them up and that and there's only what like what seven countries competing in it as well so Mm -hmm. it's um even on the men's side of things there's obviously limited countries that do play it so i and there's no disrespect to to women it's it's generally a lot of these sports unfortunately have less women participation in it so obviously that's probably even you know you might only have like three or four countries that do compete in it so that's the curling's mixed isn't it so there's the the reason why there's a men's and a women's wheelchair curling is that there's that's mixed and, and I, I know I was talking about during the Tokyo games that, uh, or sorry, not the Tokyo games, the, um, I don't want to say regular, like during the Olympics, there was actually, uh, there, there was a nice story I read before the Paralympics, which basically was detailing, you know, these athletes don't want to be called Olympians. They're not Olympians, they're Paralympians. So during the Olympics, not to confuse with the Paralympics, but uh, I would say that I don't see any reason why you can't just have curling is men's and women's teams like why do we need separation it's not a sport where uh there's a physical advantage but you to being hate a man. mixed events colin like you just you just don't like mixed <laughs> I, events <laughs> well i hate the mixed events where there is a clear advantage and, and there is none and, but but i could see in something like para ice hockey which also let's let's throw the correction out there it's no longer sled hockey now at least here they're calling it exclusively para ice hockey um you'll still have the commentator slip and everything like that but yeah, you know, when you have a clear advantage, you can see how they can't have mixed teams. But that's why I think I, I appreciate the wheelchair curling because you can have men's and women's teams and you know, there's not uh, any type of issues I with feel, that. Sorry to interrupt. Like, I feel you could have mixed para ice hockey. I mean, I grew up in a place where ice hockey is played with men and women mixed. Um, you know, there's like three women who competed in hockey in Tasmania, so they kind of didn't really have a choice. But, um, but I, I feel as though in para ice hockey it would kind of work like it's 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 obviously still a very physical sport it's a very you know physically demanding sport but i feel that if you were to mix up you know if the handful of female again i don't know the participation rates of of female para ice hockey players out there but i mean it could possibly be done i I don't think it would be the worst version of ice hockey to uh sort of mix the players up i mean i can tell you one thing any female you know able-bodied or non-able-bodied uh, ice hockey player there would kick my ass no matter what. So, um, you know. Well, and, and that's been a debate that's been open, at least here in Canada, since um, the the Olympics, the, uh, the the or what did we call it? The, the Games of the Winter Olympics? The, the, <laughs> whatever the, you... uh, the, winter, the Winter Games or whatever the hell it was, yeah. Yeah. Olympic the, Winter Games. That's the it. Olympic Winter Games, yes. Uh, ever since that here in Canada, there's been a lot of talk because of the performance of the women's team and, uh, you know, a lot of debate about the sport and, how a lot of these women could compete at an NHL level. It, to me, I don't think the issue is so much whether or not you can compete uh, in, at the same level as the men. It's more the physicality of the game. And uh, mm. if we compare even Olympic, Olympic ice hockey to para ice hockey, 
I would say pair ice hockey is a lot more physical. It's a, similar to, to murder ball. You know, it, it is a very violent game unintentionally. It's not even an intentional violent game, although there was one in there, which I'll talk about. Uh, and, and I think that becomes the bigger issue is that are you going to allow a game where your male athletes are going to be bashing up the women athletes? And I mean, you don't that, want to that, say that. that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that has been kind of the debate over the, Oh, we should allow women in the NHL. You know, they're at the same skill level. And people think, I don't want to watch Alex Ovechkin hitting uh, Mary Philip Poulin in, in, in the would. jar or anything like that. Yeah, um, of course but, 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 but that's the thing, because like, we just don't live in a world where people like to see, because I don't even know what movie it was. There was a movie in the last few years where, you know, obviously part of the plot was, you know, a male massive hit a female or something like that. I don't know. And there was a movie post which kind of implied a bit of violence, like on the man, you know, it was all related to the movie. It wasn't just like, you know, men bash women, the movie coming soon to see it as you. But it was um, <laughs> probably not going to get greenlit in 2022. But um, <laughs> 1950s, they ate that shit up. But it, it, like, people lost their shit. Like, it was a big poster on, like, Hollywood Boulevard or something like that. And people were like, oh, that's, you know, you can't have a man hitting a woman on a poster. So it's, it's, it would just be hard to see, but like, like, I don't know, like there's just something about para ice hockey, which yeah, it's definitely physical, but it's, it's not on that level. I feel of in the winter Olympic games or the NHL where, I mean, I've been to two NHL games in the last two days and it's kind of just like, you, you know, people are there for the fights and like, you know, like pin them up against the wall and all of a sudden he's saying he's a Vegkin's pulling up, you know, a female competitor against the wall. I'm going to punch you. Like, all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, okay, dude, like back up. Like if you're checking them into the boards, fine. But like, yeah, it's kind of, it's something a little bit different when you get a bit aggressive. Let's be honest, probably half the female hockey players are going to be bashing the men anyway. So it's just going to yeah. be like, well, and again, and it's win not even every a, single time. The men won't fight back. Yeah. It's, see, it's not even an issue of that. Uh, you know, but when we're looking at hockey, it's not even just the fights that you have to look at. It's the fact that yeah. I mean, body checking and all that. And sure, the women may be able to hold their ground, but are the, the male players going to be just as free to hold their ground as the women are? I mean, Jared, kind of give your take on this a, a mixed hockey whether it be uh, para ice hockey or regular ice hockey i feel like para ice hockey like it's a possibility right because murder ball is mixed mm. so i feel like there's room for it you just have to get i suppose the right type of person and whether it would work or not and there's interest and what the ruling around it would be like whether there's like a quota of like a women that you have to have on the team for it to be mixed or if it's just if there's somebody who wants to play, they can, and they're good enough. I don't know. Um, I think it could work, though. I feel like the similarities is there with wheelchair rugby, so I feel like it's a possibility. I don't think I've ever seen wheelchair rugby, like literally it's, ever. It's at the Paralympics, Colin. You should watch it. <laughs> wow, well, we, we we talked, we about, talked about it Tokyo. last I mean, year. <laughs> yeah, but dur- during during Tokyo, Canada covered nothing other than wheelchair basketball. That was literally it. Well, then uh, Canada sucks, and great. they should um, cover. We'll, let's get an inquiry, CBC. Why are you so discriminatory against murder ball with men and women but, playing against each other in wheelchair? Come on, Canada. But but I don't I don't know whether um, they had the TV coverage there for you, Jared. But uh, with the the pair ice hockey, I was kind of surprised we had those little TV coverages in Canada as we did. Uh, and I, I really think it has to do with how the the Olympics or Paralympics started and uh, ended for Canada because the very first day it was Canada versus U.S. and we lost uh, decisively. And then uh, the gold medal that didn't uh, spoil Canada, that one. 
No, Ben did not spoil that for me last night. That that's there's a there's a gripe I'll get into in a bit. But uh, uh, Jared yeah, knows the, all about that. You don't have to remind <laughs> Jared about Ben spoiling things. Well, yeah, let's let's get into it now. So Ben and I are recording something else last night. Is we're literally recording during the closing ceremonies, which by the way. Didn't we all love those opening and closing ceremonies? Oh, I <laughs> but- couldn't stop watching them. I've been on repeat ever since. I haven't missed a second. But uh, in, the, in, the, in the middle of it, Ben says, oh, yeah, and it looks like US won the gold. And I'm like, no, did they? CBC is very honest. Like, if, they, if, if they have coverage of something, you know, they're going to say, oh, we will bring you the replay. But CBC flat out was lying to people during the closing ceremonies saying, yeah. Oh, and uh, there's one medal still to be awarded. And if me, me I've been awarded hours earlier, which I was thinking, I'm like trying to work out the math in my head. I'm like, are they going to be awarding this at like two in the morning, Beijing time? <laughs> like, I don't quite understand this. Uh, but they just decided they, they didn't want to carry this thing uh, until the middle of the afternoon. And also even more confusing because the closing ceremonies, the coverage of this started at about 536 in the morning. And then the ceremonies didn't start till like eight. So they were doing two hours of reruns of other events. Show us the ice hockey. Come on. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it didn't get as much coverage as I thought it would other than those, the opening game, the closing game, and then the bronze medal game. But what they showed, uh, I think it's interesting that um, the referees seem to be less lenient when it comes to penalties. There are a lot of penalties being handed out, a lot that were questioned here by the commentators. Uh, but then they seem to be more lenient with the fighting. And, and that was one thing that I didn't quite expect. And half of it came from just the, the Chinese uh, and uh, was it Chinese and Korea game, the bronze medal one, uh, where it was a very physical game and there was a, a lot of dirty hits going on. But uh, I mean, they're allowed to kind of get into a little scramble. And I, I think that's something that uh, I, I'm not a fan of fighting in hockey typically. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, prude. Well, like when it comes to NHL, I mean, it, it, there's a big difference. When you watch it, you can tell this is stage. It looks like the Jerry Springer show. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, of course. No, come on. Drop the gloves. It, 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 it's, oh, we, we're, we're at about the 10-minute the mark here. We have to get a fight on for ratings reasons. It's a little bit too much. But these players can resist themselves when it comes to Olympic hockey. Uh, but they're allowed to kind of get in these scrambles. And um, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I'm as for – fighting in regular hockey as I am in paradise hockey. But I mean, did you get a chance to see any of the fighting that went on, Jared? Did you get a chance to see any of it? I didn't see any of the, uh, of the paradise hockey. The only bit wow. I saw was just in like the, um, in the montage package, which just like the American team celebrating their gold. That's all. That's all channel seven gave us. <laughs> wow. Come on, Joe. That's did, not good enough. There... She's let a lap since I've left. Jesus. Well, was, was there at least like a sad, Billy Bridges uh, from Canada in the background. Oh, sad, Billy. We got the silver. According to the Channel 7 coverage, there was no actual games. It was just the American team being awarded their gold medal. By default, America wins another gold. I may as well have. Uh, Ben, I mean, go on your rant about how uh, there was no um, coverage on your your former employer, but uh, also... Do you like the fights that you see, and uh, is it is it different in any way from the NHL stuff? One thing, I, God, I feel I'm I'm poisoned that I'm defending Channel Seven. Um, when I was <laughs> working during the Olympics, and I talked to Joe about because you know Joe's a huge advocate for the Paralympics. Like if you looked at her social media every day, she had like former athletes doing like a daily preview, and she like was pushing Channel Seven to do more, but it just 
they just obviously, again, Winter Paralympics, I think we had seven competitors, Jared, uh, you know, eight sports. Like, it's just they're not going to be doing what they did in Tokyo, unfortunately. So, um, but on a defense with Channel 7, Joanna Griggs was a big advocate for them showing more. Um, but, yeah, I didn't honestly see many fights. I think every time I was watching it, I must have just been watching the, the tame games, basically, because I never saw any. But I, I love I love the sport. Like, I remember when we had Jack on and we just – we talked about how exciting para ice hockey is. And I think it's just the physicality there, but just like the athletic skill they're, they're doing longer shifts mm-hmm. than they do in sort of the Olympics and the NHL and just the, the arm movement. Like they've got, you know, just the fact they've got that too. And then you've got that mix of, obviously you've got some athletes who, you know, have no legs at all. And then obviously you've got some who've, you know, we've got like one and a half, like it's just, it's just anything with Paralympics always fascinates me how you can combine that. But can we actually just talk about, the absolute dominance of the US. Now, I want to, yeah. like, I, the thing, like, I'm sure they do it in CBC. I've never obviously been in Canada for an Olympics coverage. We know in Channel 7 they do it. They do these profile packages on athletes in between sort of, you know, events. And one of the the first profile packages I ever saw was on the Team USA goaltender, Jen Lee, and uh, sort of a, a military veteran, I believe, lost a limb in, I don't know if it was Iraq or Afghanistan, um, you know, and a, a very personable guy, been on the team for a long time. He went. Now, can we just point this out? You're never going to get this in an NHL season or a, or an Olympic Games. In he he didn't let a single goal in. He went shut out the tournament. Uh, so a hundred percent save percentage. The only goal that Team USA let in in the entire tournament, he wasn't in the net. Uh, was that that was day one too, wasn't it? Yeah, South Korea, Griffin Lemaire. Come on, Griffin, pick your game up, mate. Like, you let a goal in with Jen Lee. The entire tournament without letting in a goal. That is insane. Like, not even, like, just ice hockey, like, field hockey, soccer, like, any sport involving a goaltender or a goalkeeper. Like, that's got to be unheard of. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. Our man, Jack Wallace, which, can we just say, off the podium, second gold medal. There you go. Congratulations. And this time I was on the interview, so get on board. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he got a hat trick in one of the games, uh, Jack. And for a defenseman to be in the top uh, top goal scorer is pretty good. He actually made the uh, all-star team. He, uh, well, the, he was best defenseman, essentially, of the tournament. Um, didn't make the all-star team, but... Uh, Selected as the best defenseman of the tournament was Jack Wallace. So, uh, yeah, Team USA thrashed everyone. Sorry, Canada. Sorry for spoiling that, uh, Colin, the other day. But, um, yeah, didn't see any fights, which was a bit sad. But I, I, you pointed out to me that we had a bit of a conflicted interest in that final because I didn't realise that Sammy Joe Small's uh, husband played yeah. for Team Canada. So, um, either way, it was sort of a win for off the podium. But, Jack Wallace, congratulations to another off-the-podium guest for winning a, a gold medal at the Olympics or Paralympics. And uh, the game that had all the real fights was China and South Korea, the bronze medal. I mean, that, that oh, was... hate each other. Was, Traditional rivals. <laughs> well, it was also a... Um, I wouldn't say it was a complete blowout, but, I mean, it was clear China was winning that thing from the beginning. Like, I don't think I got a chance to see any really competitive games, which is unfortunate. But uh, that China-Korea one, I mean, they were, like, very aggressive. Uh, There were penalties on all sides. I mean, we're we're talking physical penalties, uh, dirty hits. Mental penalties. 
<laughs> but but here's the weird mental penalty is uh, I love the, I love these physical one. penalties mental ones just the, the Koreans mm. great at the mental game yeah psychological. Uh, I mean, if, 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 you, if, if if you watch enough hockey you will realize that I mean half of the penalties are things like icing or, or whatever like so oh, there he, are technical he me penalties fat. penalty mental penalty <laughs> There are Bullying. technical, physical, mental, and emotional penalties. Uh, so we'll break them down. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like a lot of just dirty, dirty hits. And uh, the crazy thing is the commentator and the the guy who was commentating for Canada, he was our, our former goalie, I think, up until uh, Pyeongchang. Uh, he, he definitely brought a, a non-Canadian perspective to the game. I mean, he was a hockey player, <laughs> 100%. He was all for the, the physicality of the game. And his reasoning actually made sense to me. And this is somebody who is not into the physicality in hockey or the, the I guess, violent aspect of hockey. Because uh, he was saying that this kind of needs the same way that like uh, women's hockey needs that competition uh, to be a little bit outside of Canada, US and Russia, if they are allowed to be there. Uh, but uh, he was saying like, we need a game like this and we need rivals, people who are getting heated or who are getting invested in this. So even if China and South Korea aren't nearly at the level of Canada, and the United States, I mean, they came to win and they were going all out and it made for, I think the most exciting of the three games I was allowed to watch here. You are allowed to watch basically. Yeah. The, yeah but CBC just, banned us. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I mean, I think literally the only times I ever saw any of the games, it was obviously Team USA was in it. And I think every time I swear, you were saying Canada played each other every single time. But um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out quickly to Jared, his beloved Slovakia. Um, unfortunately, not quite the fairy tale and the para uh, ice hockey. Um, well, they got so- close in wheelchair curling. Well, that's not para ice hockey, is it, Colin? Like, this is Jared, Jared's his, his beloved ice hockey, you know, which, I mean, since we last spoke, uh, Bratislava came to a standstill when the bronze medal team uh, came back and Team Finland got a, an entire stadium in Helsinki, like, basically partying. So, obviously, a lot was happening. But, so, Jared, um, obviously, there's only seven countries, rock uh, or RPC, as they are in the Paralympics, are banned, bad, don't invade other countries, you will be banned. Um, so, uh, obviously of the seven nations to go through to the quarterfinals, uh, which I don't understand how you can have seven when there should be eight in the quarterfinals, but obviously the two teams <laughs> go to the semis. Okay. I get it now how it works. Um, poor old Slovakia was his sole team that didn't make it through to the next phase. They, yeah. uh, and they seven didn't win a to game, China. No, seven, nothing to China. Got close against Italy, two, one in a shootout. Well done. And uh, three nothing to neighbours and former overlords Czech Republic. So um, yeah, Jared, uh, not not quite going to go by the Team Slovakia sled ice hockey uh, jersey anytime soon. Not yet, but just think, given four years and the success of their ice hockey team, everyone sign up for sled hockey. Yeah, I think that half the team are just going to be like, oh, I'm chopping a leg off. I'm going to be playing for the para team in in um, Milan. So yeah, they're going for that. We do have to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, which you brought up there. White. Shut up. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Russian elephant in the room. Um, oh, those, fat, those fat Russians, yeah. Uh, but uh, and Belarus too. Can we point out? Poor old Belarus. Old, 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 yeah. Poor old Belarus. They were involved. Well, like in all fairness, let's talk about the athletes here and not the 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 countries. But at the same time, you can't kind of ignore the politics. I mean, this was the story before this ever started, and I feel like this was probably still the biggest story of the Paralympics. This was the uh, 
um, the the Russian figure skater or Eileen Gu of the Paralympics. Like you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about How Russia's band. We mentioned Eileen Gu on our Paralympics episode, Colin. Like, come on! I thought we were a well, Eileen Gu free zone at the moment. Be- we're in Beijing still. It's China. I'm pretty sure they tried to qualify her somehow. You know, would Did you Channel really 7 be opposed if coverage? We, if, if we cut off a toe, at least, would you be open to competing in the Paralympics, Eileen? Uh, but, uh, I mean, Jared, it, you know, politics, uh, sport, I mean, it's it's kind of a tricky subject. But the whole Russia situation slash Belarusia situation, I mean, uh, you have any take on it? opinion and sympathy for the athletes anything yeah it's a tough one i feel sorry for the athletes obviously and i get the whole situation and why they choose to do it but in my head i'm like is is banning the like is rpc is that really going to have an impact is my question i feel like where does that like surely it's not rating very high in terms of of, like russia's priorities of like oh no they banned our paralympic team like (laughs) war over like, I don't mm. think it's going to, I get the, like the logistics and like the optics of it as like looking on, oh, we're showing support for Ukraine. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel sorry for like the athletes putting in like all that effort over four years to get so close to the actual event. It's like, Oh, we, we, we're fine with COVID COVID's fine. And then <laughs> no, <Nah. laughs> <laughs> could have waited a bit just for those athletes surely. But Ukraine, yeah. I mean, Ukraine, that's the other side of the story. Ukraine did like amazing, which is not, Oh, yeah. Like unsurprising in like the Paralympic Games, winter or summer, but still a great achievement for them as well. Uh, the whole Belarusian Russian situation, also reminding people that uh, this, it, the decision was flip flopping all over the place. I mean, it, it was first, oh, you can compete, but you'll be neutral. And then it was, well, you can compete and you won't have a shot at actually holding a medal or physically taking a medal and stuff like that. And then it's like, oh, you're just gone completely. Uh, ben, uh, what's your take on it? It is tricky because, like, again, it's not the athlete's fault. Um, And it's, like, you're not just seeing this with the Paralympics. Like, I mean, I know, for example, in Formula One, the the one Russian Formula One driver basically lost his seat because he was Russian. Um, And, you know, we're seeing that a lot in in different things. And it's it's just one of these things where it's like, again, yeah, cool, solidarity to to, to Ukraine. Like, let's, you know, stand by. I get it. Like, I get the sentiment. But that... It's just one of those levels where it's kind of almost like, is it hypocritical or is it a bit like double standards when it comes to, it's like, well, you're letting these guys compete when how many of them took drugs um, and then sort of like you're still finding them and then it's, but it's even like, th- this isn't the only war going on in the world. I mean, there are, there are other yeah. situations in other countries where it doesn't get the media coverage. Of course, you're going to get media coverage of a superpower like Russia invading Ukraine you know, but like, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this in this country right now. I might get deported, but I mean, you know, back back in Athens, we weren't kicking out the US for invading Iraq. Like, I mean, like, I just <laughs> shouldn't say that. But like, it's other countries in the world too that are the aggressor over another country. I like, I I don't know the ins and outs and the politics and that sort of stuff. But you know, somewhere like um uh oh god, why am I going like Azerbaijan and Armenia? There's like a war going on right there. Um. You know, where's the talk of banning one of those countries? And it's this, it's like if you start setting this as a precedent, then I feel like you, you're setting yourself a fine line of what you've got in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess it's just it's the landscape we live in now. It's it's hard to avoid this. Um, and it, it, you kind of, 
like you do feel a bit sorry for some of the Russian and Belarusian athletes because again, it's not their fault. They're not yeah. ringing up Putin going like, Hey, so after the games, I might just roll into Kiev and kill a couple of Ukrainians. Like, I mean, they're not doing that. So eh, it's, it's tricky, but uh, it, I mean, you know, like, this is a situation where there's no, there's no right call one way or the yeah. other. I mean, you're going to have a lot of the arguments that were being made uh, before this started when the idea was thrown around was, well, imagine how those Ukraine athletes are going to feel competing against the Russian athletes. I, I have to be honest. I don't think that Ukrainian athletes would have minded competing against the Russian athletes, competing against a Russian, like Russian Olympic committee. And I think that was uh, the first decision that was sort of made is like, well, you won't even be considered Russian, the, the name Russia is not going to be uttered. You know, you're not going to have the flag or anything like the national anthem. That's already taken. We're not going to call you Russia. I don't feel like the athletes would have objected to that as much, even the Ukrainian athletes. Uh, so I think I still think there was a way to do this without having to take all of these athletes who were already in the village. This wasn't a decision that was made before they got there. And it was a decision they I think they had the timing to make before they arrived. They could have mm. said, no, you can't come. But they're in the village and they're being told, no, you can kind of compete. No, you're going to compete. You're going to neutral. No, you got to go home. Uh, that's a tough thing. Let's also keep in mind, these are disabled athletes. I mean, these are athletes who have gone through tragedy and heartbreak and now you're giving it to me and they've trained four years for this so i feel more for the paralympic athletes than i think i would have for the regular russian athletes had there been a ban uh back during the olympics but the other thing that keeps getting thrown out was this olympic truce which you know i decided i was going to read up on a couple of days into uh this ban or after they were sent home because everybody kept saying it's like well they're russia's in violation of the olympic truce and I have to be honest, and this isn't taking one side one way or the other, but whether or not you should have banned Russia. Saying the whole Olympic truce that it was broken, if you read that thing start to finish, front to back, cover to cover, it's really stretching it to say that Russia broke a truce in any way that hasn't been broken before. That, that Olympic truce has more to do with host nations than does anything else. So uh, I'm, I'm not really for removing of the athletes, although I think I would have been okay if they simply said you can't use the name Russia, but I don't know. It's, it's a well, trick anyway. Like, like, I mean, it's like obviously RPC and the controversy around that and ROC. Yeah. It's like, but I mean, this is where, you know, put them as like, you know, limp, what neutral, just like, neutral. Neutral. Like they had, um, you know, like with the, the refugee athletes you generally have, or, you know, we've had things like that before, but it's, um, yeah, look, it's, I, I didn't realize that that truth thing was, was out there, but I mean, like, look, this is the problem. Uh, many problems with say the Olympic and Paralympics is that, you know, it's always this, Oh, we, we keep politics out of sport, blah, blah. But like, I mean, mm. if anything, it's the complete opposite. I mean, we all remember the boycotts in the eighties and that clearly because two of us were alive when they were happening. Well, Colin was like baby, but basically it, um, you know, I mean, some of the most politicized things in the world have been the Olympics because that's the, the one global stage where, you know, no one gives a, like, let's be honest, do, do people give a shit that, oh no, Russia, you can't trade box goods between this country. We're going to put a sanction on you yet come to an Olympics. If you ban a country or a country boycotts, that's making massive news. So, mm-hmm. um, it, look, you say what you want. Olympic and Paralympic committee about, oh, it's, we're completely neutral. It's about peace. No, it's not. Like, I mean, this is the one mm-hmm. part where it's the most politicized thing, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a precedent. It is definitely a precedent. Yeah. And if that truce is going to be, cause it's not even just wars. Like, I mean, you know, there are countries out there that commit, you know, heinous, uh, crimes against humanity and have terrible, you know, 
issues around sort of like homosexual uh, issues and, and female rights and things like that, which if we're living in this age where the Olympics and the Paralympics are creating like, you know, faster, higher, stronger together, then like why aren't we banning countries mm-hmm. that, you, you know, murder people for being gay? You know, like, like don't let women drive, things like that. Like this is the standard you've got to set yourselves. If this is how strong you want to be against these things, and great, stand up for these issues, but stand up for them outside of a war. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's you've got to you've got to think about these things when you start setting this high. And you know, I I understand the idea of we're gonna McDonald's is gonna shut down all the McDonald's in Russia, and uh, we are not going to buy gasoline from Russia. Like those things make sense, even if it affects us here, where our gas prices skyrocket. You know, like it, <laughs> it makes sense to do that. But again, we're talking about athletes in the one thing that is supposed to be neutral. Uh, and even saying we're not going to hold events in Russia like that. I've gotten how a lot of these World Cups have said we're going to cancel the event that was supposed to be in Russia. Like that's completely different. But but it's like you said, it's it's a precedent that you're setting that that's kind of dangerous, uh, especially when, as I was saying, with the this Olympic truce that everybody keeps saying, well, this is what they're in violation of. I, I'm not taking one side politically one way or the other. I'm just simply saying, read this whole Olympic truce and it really doesn't apply. It, it, it's it's very much stretching to say it applies. But as you said, Jared, I mean, look what's happened with Ukraine. I mean, we'll kind of go through the, uh, the metal tally in a bit, but Ukraine, well, let's just go through it now. I mean, China on top 61 medals, which I think is the second highest of like the, the last 20 years, at least uh, behind only Russia, uh, which did 80 in Sochi. Uh, but 61 for China. We know and- why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Difference is they don't, they, they don't take medals away in the Paralympics. Like, oh, no, it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> They're allowed drugs in the Paralympics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, in some of these cases, you you will require drugs. Uh, <laughs> well, that's it. Like, how, how does doping work injuries. in the Paralympics? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have a banned substance. Yeah, I wonder why. I have no limbs. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, just the second place, uh, quite a ways behind China, but Ukraine, 29 medals overall, 11 gold. So they're number two in the standings one way or the other. And then, of course, Canada, eight gold and 25 overall. Uh, France, seven uh, gold, 12 overall. And United States, six and 20 overall. It it is harder to predict uh, overall medal standings for Paralympics because this oh, you didn't get yours right? Jared did. Jared was spot on. <laughs> you got Australia's, did you? <laughs> no, but, actually, uh, he's really good on Austria. He, he thoroughly <laughs> predicts Austria's. He's very into the Austrian Paralympic movement. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's slightly different from the Olympics where a country could say we want to aim for 30 medals and they can get there. I mean, I'm sure Russia and China find a way to get to their goals one way or the other. But... Uh, but you can't just simply say, you know what? We need more people who are amputated from the knee down who are good athletes. So is anybody willing to take one for the team? Like you can't do that. So it is all over the place. But I mean, just talking about Ukraine, they are always sort of in the mix. Like you mentioned, Jared, you know, they'll be top five finishers to finish second. On one hand, I think you could say, well, Russia is not in these games. And that would have had obviously a, a big factor on the overall medals one way or the other. But when you consider that what's going on at home and the fact that these athletes weren't distracted and they were able to have the success they they did, I mean, it, you really can't ignore what Ukraine pulled off during these Olympics, I think especially because of uh, the conflict that's going on at home for them and that they have family members who 
can't watch them because you know they're 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 dodging bullets or bombs. I mean, it is really impressive. But the Ukraine performance, I guess, just the overall medal standings and Australia, if you want to throw it in there as well, Jared. That won't take long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for all from an Australian point of view, the one bronze, uh, which I mean, we'll take. I mean, I wanted a little bit more, but we'll take it. Um, <laughs> And then China, I feel like everybody knew like it was coming um, for them to do so well. Um, Ukraine, I just feel like Ukraine, it is that thing of, of just having something, I suppose, bigger to fight for and, and to kind of propel you on and, and to, I suppose, inspire people back home. Um, so I feel like they're kind of the real talking point of the games. Ben, uh, this is going to sound a little bit weird, but one of the things I was thinking about when I looked at Ukraine's total overall uh, and just throughout the games, every time they won a medal, thinking about, well, this is how it pulled off, was a weird comparison to the Mandy Bujold interview that we did. Uh, and kind of, I guess, the opposite result from what Jared was saying. But she talked about uh, in that interview, uh, one of the things that affected her performance in Tokyo was that she had spent so much of her time, and it wasn't lacking training or competition. It was just mental exhaustion from this legal battle she had to be able to qualify uh, that she's like, well, that was my fight. I had nothing left in me. But at the same time, I mean, when you talk about uh, what Jared was saying, the athletes having something to really fight for, I mean, that definitely plays a part. Um, Ukraine and uh, overall medal standings, China, Canada, United States, Australia? Uh, Austria, New Zealand, uh, <laughs> Great Britain. Burkina um, Faso. Yeah, they, they had a disappointing Paralympics. I'm very disappointed in Burkina Faso. Yeah, I mean, like... Again, Jared mentioned a few times, like obviously Ukraine actually do very well generally in Paralympics anyway. I think, uh, I can't remember where they finish in Tokyo, but it's it's a it's a thing. And we actually see like, yeah, Russia, Ukraine generally doing very well uh, in, in Paralympics. So it's, but it's great to see that, you know, everybody wants to see like positive stories right now from this. And, and it's inspirational when you see a country who's been invaded doing well on the sporting stage because, you know, they've all got it. So I saw, I think like one of the, Alpine events that was won by one of the Ukrainian athletes, you know, like the sort of the emotion behind and like, oh, this is going to mean so much to them because what's going on. And absolutely, it brings kind of that that level of attention and fight and the whole point about how things aren't politicized. So, you know, they've got a world stage to do it. So it's great. I mean, it kind of almost takes away a little bit from China's achievements. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously China did so well in the Olympics considering what they won, like one gold medal in Pyeongchang to what, like, what was it, like eight, nine, ten that they won during their home Olympics. So, and it's a similar thing here. I mean, they've topped, off the top of my head, I I don't have it in front of me, but I believe they've never topped the Paralympics uh, before uh, in Winter Paralympics China. So, you know, 18 goals shattered in, like double the amount of medals as Ukraine, which, you know, again, not to like, fuck, Ukraine had a shit Olympics. I I wonder why. Like, it's, it's not that. It's, it's, you know, it's it's great to see Ukraine do so well, but it kind of does take away a little bit from from China. Um, just on Australia, uh, quickly, like Ben Tudhope, who won the bronze. I mean, great athlete. He dominated sort of the world, Crystal Globe winner and everything sort of in, in World Cup seasons. But it's actually his first ever Paralympic medal. I thought he'd won multiple Paralympic medals, but uh, this is his first. And it's interesting kind of looking at our, you know, past history in the Winter Paralympics because, I mean, it's kind of our lowest tally um, ever. But at the same time, it's our lowest number of athletes we've sent since Salt Lake. Um, and a lot of that was disrupted by 
COVID, of course, as a lot of things were. And kind of as you were saying with Mandy about like the fight and everything, there was some athletes who were just like, look, this is too much. This is too much of an effort for me to do it. Um, one thing I just want to say, when we had seven athletes in Salt Lake City, we won six gold and one silver. Not bad turnover for seven <laughs> athletes. Uh, but we also had Michael Milton back then, and that guy was a freak, of course. So, um, yeah, anyway... Um, one bronze, again, I think, Jared, you summed it up. We'll take that. That's pretty good for a team of seven athletes to win a bronze from a summer nation. Um, but, I mean, Canada third? I like what I, I don't know if you're going to bring this athlete up, but there was an athlete who won his, like, 16th or 17th Paralympic Ryan medal Ryan McKeever, yeah. Yeah, which I, I that made news, I think. Um, I was on news.com.au because why wouldn't I be? And that was even a headline, like Canadian Paralympian creates history. So it was kind of, yeah. you know, um, that was cool. And I, I, I'm i kind of sad that I didn't get to see a lot more of the Canadian side of things because obviously USA, NBC is like, fuck Canada. You know, we've beaten them 5 nothing in para-ice hockey. That's the only Canadian coverage you're going to see. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you guys did okay. Third on the medal tally. I'm sure you'll take that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Ben, um, don't call para athletes freaks. Uh- <laughs> well, uh, on the nicest way possible, that like the the, the positive ver- like don't just spin yes. it. don't 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 put me in it on a Paralympics episode. Right? I That's won't something stand we for expect that. from Noah, not you. You're better than that. Well, you're they, not. They, but they, you're better than they Noah. know what they're talking about. <laughs> um. One more thing, just as far as the overall results, before we talk about the Australian Canadian athletes, uh, just say there were four full podium sweeps in Beijing. Three of the podium sweeps were Ukraine. Uh, they swept the men's t- uh, 10K vision impaired, the women's 10K standing, and the men's 10K vision impaired, or men's 6K vision impaired. They did the same one twice. That's in biathlon. In, in the biathlon, yeah. Um, and... and as far as uh, other sweeps go, only one China, and that was in snowboarding. Uh, so, I mean, the host nation who won twice as many medals swept one event, and Ukraine swept three. I mean, that's that's incredible. I don't know. I, I don't know how any country, let alone Ukraine, could pull that off. Uh, the Australian results. I'm going to feel ashamed right here because I do know it was posted on our social media. You can clearly tell it wasn't posted by me. Uh, I don't remember the name of the guy. Uh, Jared. Oh, there Sorry you go. Well, his name, of course, his name is Ben. You're going to interrupt on that. Um, he he is he is a freak in the best way. Uh, Jared, can you talk about uh, what type of reception he's getting over in Australia? And uh, was this something that uh, before his event came on, they were talking about all his chances and that he was a, a metal hopeful or a guarantee? Yeah, I feel like Ben was like the go-to like athlete package that they played throughout kind of like the Paralympics, even throughout like the end of the Olympics when they were kind of hyping up that the Paralympics were coming in a couple of weeks, we were starting to see like this package of like Ben Tudhope and, and his chances. Um, so I think the reception has been huge. The fact that he got to be like closing ceremony flag bearer when he'd been flag bearer before was, was another thing. Um, the race itself, like he was pretty much out of it sitting in fourth for the whole thing. And he just had like an amazing finish to like the snowboard cross to even get onto like the podium. So it was just really impressive. You might want to unmute yourself there, Boomer. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Colin. (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, before we talk about the Canadian stuff, I mean, Ben, you can uh, fill us in on uh, your opinions on good old Ben uh, the good Ben, but also, uh, I guess the, any of the uh, American, uh, I, I do know there's one, there is a, uh, 
what's her name? Brenna, Brenna Huckabee. She, she was uh, one of the, the big wins and prevented a Chinese sweep in her event as well. I don't know how much uh, attention she got there. Um, just quickly on Ben, we'd even, I shared a bit about him on social media in the lead up to the Olympics. It was that, that day back in, I think it was January when, you know, we'd had a weekend where a lot of our winter athletes won medals. It was like the most successful athlete weekend for Australian winter uh, athletes ever, you know, in multiple World Cups. And Ben that weekend had also joined in the fray and won like a gold or something like that. So, yeah, he's he's a pretty dominant figure uh, in, in the world of snowboard cross in, in the parrot world and as a multiple crystal globes and that. So, yeah, I even sort of... I remember during the, the Olympics coverage, Aaron Channel 7, them showing a lot of packages on him, like as Jared was saying. So... Sad that I'm not there, that I can't see the reaction because he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Um, and so, yeah, it's great to see him to get that medal. Um, yeah, not look, there was one athlete, and I, I can't remember her name, and maybe it's the one you're talking about there, Colin, because there was, uh, it was she, is she a cross country skier or a biathlete who you're talking about? Or is she? she was, I think she was downhill. Okay, right. Not the one I'm thinking of. But there, there was um, one which I believe she's a cross country skier. And she she got a silver, but like I think she'd won like gold in Pyeongchang or Sochi or something like that. But they did an interview with her, and just like there's just something about like Paralympic in- interviews where sometimes they're a little bit more just like raw and a bit more like you know loose than uh, sort of the, their Olympic counterparts. And she was just like some of the questions they were asking her, I can't even remember, but she was just hilarious the way she was answering them. But um, yeah, not overly from like honestly, like it, it's. It is kind of hard to be in a neutral country, which is not yours, and get fully because, like, again, it's also America. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's 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 not like I'm in Burkina Faso, so like you know they're at like two athletes, and you know everything about Jim and you know Sandra. Where it's like here, it's like every day they're winning everything. So it's just like oh, and another gold for the USA. Oh, here we go. So like you kind of just get used to these like oodles amounts of success that. They all kind of blend in with each other. So um, all the Americans, you know, all the athletes are the same. They just win. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there was anyone. Like, um, it, it, it kind of really ended up standing out to me that it was it was literally just Jen Lee. Uh, it was like the one person to me where I'm like, I love this guy. This guy's awesome. Like, you know, and he actually seemed like his interviews were quite fun as well. And he's, I think he's like, he's maybe, like, is he in his 40s? Like, he's not exactly young if he's in his 30s well, i'm sorry jen but like i mean the guy's like been around for a bit and that's the other thing with the paralympics that i think is interesting is you get so many more older athletes oh. uh, who can stick around forever uh oh oh i was just gonna say and again i don't know the athlete's name but there was one athlete like an american athlete where they i think they'd been competing since like salt lake or something like that and they literally interviewed him and like, also, you know, this is like your fifth or sixth Olympics. And he's like, no, I'm going on. Like, bring on Milan. Like, you know, I'm already in training. Like, I'm, I'm not giving up. Like, what are you talking about? I'm still like 43. Like, I've got plenty more in me. So I was just like, yeah, you go yeah. you. Like, I was like, good on you. I know our opening ceremony flag bearers, one of them was a, uh, um, a curler who was in their 50s, which is crazy that anybody could be. I mean, uh, granted, you're going to have a little bit more. Uh, of an advantage as a uh, 55 plus curler than you are maybe uh para ice hockey. But uh, uh, Declan Farmer also, I guess, another one of the, the big American ones, the top scorer for the um, uh, the, the men's, well, the only para ice hockey tournament as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine so much is just their, their hockey team there. Um, I did find uh, on uh, NBC, the, the one Canadian mentioned, Brian McKeever, I'll talk about in a minute, that uh, that was the one 
event that America didn't win that they covered on their very abbreviated NBC coverage was Brian McKeever's win. Uh, so, I mean, it was historic, not just for Canada, just Paralympics in general. Uh, but uh, a couple of the Canadians that uh, kind of made news here, um, one Ty Turner, who was in the snowboard cross, which I mean, I, I, I love snowboard cross, period. I mean, you know, Paralympics is that much more impressive just because of the balance you have to have in something like snowboard cross. And even if they are going at a slower speed, I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, but uh, he had like the most dominant victory I've ever seen. It, it, there was no contest all the way up until the finals. Nobody could really touch him. Uh, that was a big one here. Molly Jepsen, who was our... Um, flag bearer for the closing ceremonies she had won our first gold she was an alpine skier and she ended up winning a silver as well i think it was the same that she did in pyeongchang uh i should also mention our curlers here winning the bronze um oh, pick it up oh, Canada. Come amazing on. well i mean that i was gonna say we, we tied our other beijing record the olympic beijing record we won a bronze but uh, this, so is, good this is where, like, I roll my eyes. I think curling and you're only winning a bronze. Like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, Canada <laughs> winning a bronze in cricket. Like, oh, yeah, go Australia. We won a bronze in cricket. Like, fuck that. We want the gold. We're, we're Australia in cricket. <laughs> I I don't want to knock wheelchair curling. I mean, I think it's 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 impressive to see anybody. But, but let's say probably the least impressive thing, when you're looking at para-athletes, so like, I can't believe they lost their legs and they can still ski. I mean, these people lost their legs and they can – push something on a long stick i mean it, to me this does not warrant wow. the two hours of coverage it's it's i find it sounds more harsh lines, but my, my complaint is me. <laughs> I didn't well, look at you. you're in a wheelchair you can push us you can push a stone why aren't you special but what i'm getting at let me freeze myself need, a little bit i need a guy just calling in like general like able-bodied killing as well look at you you've got well, I mean, two legs and you can push Dana a rock Tally down, exactly down doing the the irish jig and we're, sprint 100 meters down the rig like oh dina tarley oh, push, yeah. push a push a stone not, not enough tricks in the curling what is this? yeah i want some give me some backflips but my, my point being is Cream that and semen. we don't have the, the sweeping aspect in this. We have them all lining up one after the other and they push the rock, which I will say what's more, just like with snowboard cross, having the balance to do that. What's more impressive than regular curling is you're not on your knees lining the shot up. I mean, you're basically from an elevated position having to push and the, the commentators are more forgiving that. Like, oh, it's actually impressive. They got as close as they did, but uh, as far as the excitement of the sport goes, you know, it's not nearly as exciting as watching yeah, curling. Whereas is I feel boring to stop it for curling. <laughs> I will say for curling, it is compared to regular curling. Curling yeah, is not known as you an watch it for like sport. eight hours a day for 10 days. It's all CBC. Exactly. Well, that's, that, that's part of my problem, but you have Paralympic sports that are like, you know, I don't care if they're going slower. It is more impressive to watch a para athlete snowboarding than it is a or or the people who are vision impaired doing alpine oh. skiing, even if they have a guide. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I love watching the um the, the biathlon or the cross country skiing, where y y you have to be reminded these are vision impaired athletes. When every once in a while the guide sticks their pole back so they can just hold on for a second. Oh, gotta go uphill. Like it, it, it's it's unbelievable to watch uh these in good way freaks just be able to can, do that can, can i ask a question i don't know if this is a great way to start a question if this is appropriate or not but how do you become a guide like are you just a failed skier or are you a better <laughs> skier like like well, like serious question because like it's it's interesting to think that you know people who become athletes are obviously very competitive very competition focused but i would be fascinated to find out 
how you become a guide because it's like yeah. they obviously get a medal, which is great. Like I love the fact that they get a medal, but like I'm not being disrespectful to the guide, but like I'm much more impressed by Brian McKeever winning that medal, whereas like their guide is just like left, right, don't hit the pole, like whatever. Like I mean, it's a pretty lazy gold medal for the guide, whereas you, you know, like is that just a cheap way? Is that the way of copping out? Like I'm never going to win a medal in the Olympics, so I'm going to become a guide just because I <laughs> I'll get a free medal because I can be lazy. Like I don't know. You know. I I thought about that, and actually, I'm I'm very curious to talk to Brian and uh, his brother Robin because his brother is his guide and that's kind of uh put a face on guides for the olympic coverage at least we had here uh because i find that very interesting and i was thinking the same thing are the guides you know that you have to be competitive because again para-athletes it's not unimpressive it's not like you're if you are a failed olympic downhill skier and you become a guide on I know I am. I, yeah, Jared I, I, I definitely. His career was cut short, tragically. <laughs> exactly. Um, he didn't make the Slovakian team. It was unfortunate. No. But uh, Nearly but made Burkina Faso, though, on, on the cusp. You know, if you become a coach or a mentor to the nine-year-olds, you could understand, oh, this isn't going to be a challenge. Anybody could do it. But, like, these athletes in the Paralympics, they're still at a top level. Like, you have to have some form of success, I would guess, in these sports. Because you also have to guarantee you're not going to wipe out, you know? Yeah. If you have you're to ski. D- like, I you have to this. ski well. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guarantee you couldn't. I'm a Canadian. I don't know how to ski. I'm, uh, I'm ashamed of this country. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I find the guides very fascinating, and especially uh, with Brian McKeever, which I, I guess we'll talk about because he is the big story here in Canada, having his brother as the guide. I, I want to get those two on the show and talk to them because it's such an interesting story. But oh, do it then. Quick. I will. Some work on I this show find. for once, Colin. I'm only hosting the episode here today, Ben. You're welcome. Don't, don't, don't make me sit there. Stephen carrying the weight of all the interviews on this show. Eight, eight, hours, eight hours a day emailing people, Colin. Maybe you could email a couple of people for once. I, 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 ben, good luck getting those interviews that, that I did for you that you're asking for the video for. Oh, you did <laughs> too. Insult me. Good on you. I, I would love the count on interviews. I think I, I, I done my fair I'll share. I'll give you the count on interview you want it. I'll give it to you. Uh. Go for it. I'm not saying you lazy. haven't done a lot of interviews, but we all know if there's somebody lazy on the show, it's Jared. It's not me. Yeah, bloody old Jared. Where do you, what are you doing, Sam? No bad interviews from me. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't jinxed anybody. I haven't done a single bad interview. I don't know what more you want. <laughs> it's become the war between Ben oh, and Colin. We all know. We all know the real enemy here. <laughs> Nominated for an award, and if we win, Jared's just going to be like, yeah, I'm part of that. Like, are you? Uh, <laughs> we chop that up into thirds. You might you might get like a tenth. Lazy, hey, Jared. <laughs> You're killing Colin now too, the poor man. Just send me, don't worry about the award, just send me some Olympic cereal. That'll be enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but Brian, Brian McKeever, uh, now, I, I'm glad that uh, he made the U.S. coverage, uh, the only non-American to make the U.S. coverage, uh, because it is ridiculous, his accomplishment. I mean, 16 golds from Salt Lake till present day, uh, 19 medals overall. That alone is an impressive feat that you've had 19 medals and 16 of them are golds. Like, that's unbelievable. Uh, and I believe he's actually tied now as the most accomplished male Paralympian in history, like any country, all time. Uh, So it's an incredible achievement. Uh, My only disappointment with Brian McKeever 
is that he Uh-oh. didn't really, I guess, qualify. <laughs> <laughs> you suck, Brian. It's just boring to watch. Should have won eight. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, it, it's the fact that he, I guess, is ineligible to be our flag bearer because he was the opening ceremony flag bearer in Pyeongchang. And I don't even know if that's an official rule, if that's a Canadian thing, but we've never had, uh, I so think, Canadian. one time. Oh, too much success, we, eh? Can't carry it again. We one time had uh, somebody who was a flag bearer in back-to-back games, although it was different opening closing ceremonies. But that's the only reason that they did not pick him. Uh, the only reason I could see that they wouldn't have picked him as the closing ceremony flag bearer because that was all Canada well, he sucked. was talking He only won three gold. <laughs> Why does he get to carry the flag? Pick your game up, Brian. Hey, he, did, he didn't become the most decorated male. Exactly. That's failure. That's, that's failure. That's, that's like that's why Charles Hamlin, you know, was a disappointment because he only tied uh, Sidney Clausen's record. Be, be a real athlete. Be Michael Phelps, who never ties. He just like dominates, right? <laughs> like you know, come on, none of this tie bullshit. But uh, but I mean, with Brian McKeever, there was so much going into these games that talked about him, and then every time he raced, the greatest thing about it though is that his final race he lost. And it was um, the... Wow, you're uh, shitting on these athletes. It was so no, no, great listen. when he lost. <laughs> bear with me, bear with me. Uh, it's, it's again how somebody loses. And the last event was the relay. It was the, the mixed relay or whatever. And I, I don't know if Canada was expected. I mean, he was, uh, he, he started off and he was in the lead and we kind of lost in the end. I think he came up six overall, but he was in tears in that final one. And it was tears of happiness because everybody knew that like that, that was advertised. We're going to cover this live. This is Brian McKeever's final race. And the rest of the team basically saying like, I, I would have loved to have given him the medal. Like they didn't even care about themselves. Like I would have loved to have given him one more medal, but I am so honored to be part of his final race. I mean, this is kind of, history ending here this is kind of the way that it was with charles hamlin uh with um the the olympics a couple of weeks ago so i mean it's just incredible that uh, anybody can win that many medals and again we're talking about older athletes and a canadian city to present and a canadian you know uh, yeah we're real freaks here (laughs) but uh i you did say that there was some brian mckeever coverage uh in u.s yeah, there you was were a bit, aware and, of it. Yeah, and uh, like as I said, even like just being on news.com.au, like there was just the headline of like, you know, Canadian Paralympian creates history. So, yeah, it's it's great when you kind of you see that level of of coverage when you have a an athlete who does so well. Like I mean, you know, I think it's important to to that. And I think like in all fairness, we can sit here and go like, ah, oh, we only ever saw American coverage. Oh, we only saw Australian coverage. I mean, it, obviously you're going to because if you're in that country, I don't know about you, Jared, but I don't necessarily want to see how the, the Thai, you know, para hockey team are doing. I mean, good for them. But, uh, you know, obviously we care mainly about Australia. But when you then have an athlete who can come out and, and win that amount of medals, uh, then obviously, you know, it needs to have coverage. I'm just, I'm just laughing at Colin trying to control his child right now. Um, <laughs> just, it's, it's fun. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great achievement by... Brian and uh, I'm sure Jared, we had no idea who this man was uh, like 12 days ago, and now we do. That's true. I feel like because even I saw like some of like the coverage of him like online. I feel like the two was like him and then like the American like Oksana, but I, that was kind of. I think she won seven medals, but it was almost like the story was like mixed because she had like Ukrainian heritage as well, so it's kind of more that angle. But um, it is nice when they do these stories on like like these super athletes of the games who've won like multiple medals across multiple games. So it's nice that they get a bit of a mention and some coverage. 
And meanwhile, Jamie just won the gold medal in child herding. Huh? <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, Jamie successfully got Casper out of the basement without giving him his boots that he wanted. Uh, <laughs> and, like, and they weren't even like, boots. Colin just like mutes himself, and then you see this child in the background. Then you see Jamie going tra la 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 la, picks up Casper, and then just like buggers <laughs> off. Okay. Uh, there is one athlete that I don't know if uh, either of you were even aware of him, an Austrian athlete here. Um, oh, Jared would. What, what's of course he would. Yes, uh, but uh, the big accomplishment being, uh, I guess, the amount of medals he won. Because I believe he won four medals. There, yeah, four medals, five medals. Here we go. See, uh, better, and he's than, only better six- than Brian. Jesus, at least he did yeah. well. Y- Johannes Eigner, uh, if I'm pronouncing that for that, Eigner. Uh, Jared, you can tell me if that's pronounced correctly, but uh, five medals, two golds, two silver, one bronze, 16 years old. And again, you can't really ever predict how Paralympics are going to go because it's based on, you know, the amount of athletes you have with uh, a certain impairment. But uh, I find with Paralympics... It is one of the the few situations where older athletes do tend to be more successful and you have more there. But 16 years old and five medals overall. I mean, this guy is going to be the next Brian McKeever or the next Ben Tutu or Tutu up, whatever. Next Michael Phelps, clearly. If either you have even heard about him or if you have any other athletes from other countries that you kind of had your eyes on, not that we're going to award an athlete of the game, but let's, if we don't, we'll just give it to good old Johannes here, 16 years old. Amazing. Jared. Yeah. I briefly, I just mentioned Oksana masters from the U S seven medals, three gold, four silver. And now she has a total of 16 career Paralympic medals. And I believe that's summer and winter. Um, so yeah, just a really impressive achievement. Um, and like I said, she got some coverage in Australia as well. So, you know, that's like when you've like, when you've made it as an athlete, when we've bothered to stray <laughs> from our own athletes for two seconds to highlight somebody else. And we didn't try and claim her either. So like, that's, no. that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, but there really must've been zero connection. She's never talked to an Australian or like done never anything Australian before. Yeah. Never seen the never movie watched, Australia. Never watched Crocodile Hunter, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I literally scratched uh, the bottom, like thorough researchers for the Paralympics, not all those clowns who did the, you know, the Olympics, but um, yet literally nothing. Never even thought about Australia. <clears throat> never seen a Tim Tam, never looked at a kangaroo, just nothing. Uh, ben, do you have any other names you want to throw out there from other countries, any other athletes we want to talk about kind of wrapping up the Paralympics? I, I, I don't. Um, but the one thing I wanted to add, uh, like Jared kind of mentioned about, you know, medal winners across multiple sort of like summer and winter. And I, I think it's always fascinating when I was watching the coverage and they would be like, here's, you know, Jared Lubeek from Austria, you know, competed in the this, that and everything else at the summer. And like these are athletes who were winning medals and competed at, you know, a, a summer, summer Paralympics, what, eight months ago, seven months ago? Like just like it's insane generally in a two-year cycle. We obviously talked to Jack who was trying to do that with what was a canoeing, wasn't he, uh, trying mm-hmm. to do that for Tokyo. Um, and I just – it's just so – much more common in the Paralympics that these athletes go for both summer and winter, which is just fascinating. Like it's any, you know, abled or, you know, disabled athlete who can do it is, it's just something beyond belief, but it's just to win that amount of medals in, in both. Like Michael Milton went to cycling, didn't he for like Beijing? And I don't think he ever won any medals, unfortunately, but um, it's, it's just something that's insane that these athletes can put themselves through that. So um, yeah, 16 year old uh, from Austria doing that well. And here we all are. And we've never won a medal. At least we'll, you know, 
Jared hasn't yet, but he's he's our only hope. Help us, Jared Lubick. You're our only hope. Hey, I have plenty of participation medals from my marathons in the background. That's kind of blocking. I have my fake right Olympic there. medals back in a box in Australia. We so, share you know. a medal. We share a medal from the Canada Day Run a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, I, I don't share medals with anyone. I did that myself. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> I didn't run that about, with you and like pass it off a bat and like fuck which you. Which one I did of you that. was the runner and which one was the guide? Oh, I was definitely the guide. <laughs> and Colin beat me by about like took like half the minutes. time. I think I did like just, just 10 hours. Just corner, keep going. Yep, good, good job. Where's my medal? Yeah. You know, I'm a bad athlete when I need a guide and I'm an able-bodied athlete. <laughs> I have I have I one mean, of the, I have like Ben Tudhope telling me how to snowboard, you know, like that's how it works with me. I mean, the crossover with these athletes, it is it is unbelievable, uh, the accomplishment. And I think that's the other thing with Paralympics. It, it shows that it's not people who have a skill. Uh, we're going to be doing an interview in a couple of weeks, uh, or I'm going to be doing an interview because I pulled my weight around here, Jared, uh, but uh, with uh, a Canadian athlete who, um, uh, two Canadian athletes who were sort of just recruited as this new thing in Canada. They were sort of recruited for their sport and end up winning medals. Uh, stay tuned for that interview, though, because uh, one of the best moments is where we talk to them about possibly crossing over into winter sports and how something failed miserably and they were called out for uh, not having strong enough legs, even though that is all they competed. Uh, but th- like, that's the thing is that there are Olympic athletes who have ambitions and we're going to talk to in a couple of weeks who failed miserably trying to do uh, an opposite sport. And here we have people who, in a lot of cases, lost their original sport when they were injured or uh, when whatever happened to them. And then they maybe picked up another sport or they continued on the sport they're in and they find ways to cross over into winter. There, there is no, I wish we could do a full Paralympics coverage. It's just, it's too much for people who work full time. Uh, hmm. And then it's also a problem for Ben too. <laughs> I did, I and then you got Jared is just lazy. So, you know, yeah. And then, you know, all the credit to keep the flame alive that they're, they're still covering the Paralympics. I mean, daily, I mean, that, that's, that's dedication, but uh quick question just for Ben, would, would there have been an option if you weren't uh, leaving for New York, if you hadn't left for greener pastures, uh, would there have been an option for you to continue researching for Paralympics? Oh no, they fired me the moment I like walked out the door. <laughs> They're not touching me again. Um, <laughs> get the fuck out of that place. Um, I don't think so. Just purely in the fact that, again, there was just such a limited coverage. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure in talking to Joe, like, again, I didn't, I don't know, Jared, you can fill me in, but like, I think she was just saying that she was doing it like in Sydney, like remotely and just kind of like doing like, a, Oh, this is me standing in front of a camera. This is it. So because there wasn't that blanket coverage, it was more just like a, a hosting an hour package. It wasn't there. And um, I mean, the, I think I mentioned this during our Olympics coverage. I mean, the great thing about Joanna Griggs is that she, she it's not like she doesn't come prepared. She's not Jarrah. She doesn't just rock up and go, Ben, who's on, who's on today? Like help me out. Like literally like she does half my job for me. Cause she's prepared. So I can't imagine that if she's, um, you, you know, with the limited amount of resources and that, that they need for the Paralympics, she's she's on top of it all. So to answer it, no, uh, there wasn't. Uh, they just couldn't wait to see the back of me. So, yeah. <laughs> and Jared, how has the job been since you replaced Ben? <laughs> uh, easy breezy, you know. Paraday show, uh, just need athletes' names and where they finish. It's, it's, it's pretty good money. Didn't get COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Nobody in the studio I, to get COVID from, so 
<laughs> you, you don't even need to research hockey or curling because right? yeah. it's not like they're going to show it anyway. It's just one sport, right? The green uh, screen too for the highlights is just spot on. <laughs> Joe in front of the green screen, you'd never be able to tell it's a green screen. <laughs> it must have, must have been even easier than in Colin, uh, in Colin, Canada. In Canada, Colin, if you're only showing the one sport, those lazy wheelchair curlers. Oh, it's just awful, you know, pushing a rock with a long stick. We talked about those freestyle skis in the Olympics. doesn't hold a candle to those wheelchair curlers. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, just I'm just saying this more... right now. I want oh, freestyle no, skiing, some form of freestyle skiing in Paralympics. I'm sure that it exists. Maybe it's just a competition, but, like, we have snowboarding. I can't see that if somebody has the skills to do, um, you know, the, the snowboard cross or, uh, Alpine skiing, a slalom that you can't incorporate moguls in there in some way, maybe even just without the tricks. Like uh, there's gotta be somebody out there who is a freestyle skier and also has an impairment. Tell us. I'm on board Colin with, I I think you're underselling it. I want to see, um, visually impaired aerials with a guide, like going up with them. I want to see, I want to see visually impaired ski jumping with like a guide doing on that. Like, I think that would work. Why can't we do figure skating? Like in all honesty. I was about to say, where's wheelchair figure skating? I'd watch that. That'd be fun. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. I, there's, there's a, one, can I just, one thing that I, I really loved when I was watching the Paralympics, which I, I don't know if this is a uniquely winter Paralympics thing. I can't remember seeing this during Tokyo. And I don't know if this is something that would work in, in the Olympics because I don't think it really matters. Is obviously you've got like different criteria in certain categories. So, for example, like in, say, you know, a, a sport where it's based on you know, missing a limb or kind of, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately sometimes you've got people missing two, one, like half, like how they kind of did that comparative time, like where it was sort of like, you know, like halfway down a hill, they could somehow work out some algorithm where rather than like a penalty system by the end of it, like, okay, this person is going to be faster because they've got this, that and everything else. Like somehow the clock could slow down and speed up. Like, I don't know if you guys saw that mm-hmm. at all. Like that was... It was, fa- I can't remember what the name of it, it was, like, whether it was just called the comparative time or something like that, but it was fascinating. Like, there were so many of the Alpine events where you would legitimately, like, have an athlete, like, halfway down and you would see the clock, like, speed up or then slow down based yeah, on some algorithm. Manager. Like, it was just, it was really interesting. And I, I don't know if that is something you could do and whether they did that at the Summer Olympics. I just didn't know if either of you two had that and noticed that. Or maybe maybe that wasn't a thing and maybe just NBC were like, oh, look at us, we're fancy. We can show you what the time's going to be. I don't know, but it was it was very interesting. The advantage of watching the American coverage over Canadian coverage for once, they actually showed the entire run. Uh, they, yeah. they edited out They edited out that, that time difference. The Shoei <laughs> run run. No? Yeah. Uh, any no. any Shoei run run stories that you want to – either of you noticed that – all I like his little dance, like woo, which is basically the same as um, love uh, the Duenwen, interpretation but, of that, Colin. Good job, <laughs> people listening. Uh, they know what I'm doing, but uh, like I don't know. Other than just kind of having a cool look, we didn't really get the personality. Yeah, yeah uh, of course. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there weren't enough Shuri Run Run moments, and maybe like. I think my ranking might have changed post games. I, I agree. Penguins overtaken. I, just Shui Run Run was the perfect shape to get stuck indoors. I didn't <laughs> see any of it happening. I think the thing too was because like yeah we were so excited for Shui Run Run, but like even the social media of like 
being Dwayne in that post Beijing was better. Like they did that really cute little video where they had like that really like sad Chinese music of little Bing Dwayne Dwayne, and it was like time to say goodbye, and you see him like walking off the distance. He turns and he waves. No, Bing Dwayne Dwayne, come back! But then they did like the handover to like Shui Ron. So you got little Bing Dwayne Dwayne like waving, and all of a sudden Shui Ron Ron pops up, and like. Big Dwayne Ron's got animation about him. He's got a bit of, like, sass. And, like, I thought this was going to be Shuron. Mm-hmm. Ron just kind of stands there and just like, I'm a lantern. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I thought this was the greatest, like, uh, greatest mascot ever when we first saw him. Like, oh, fuck the panda. Like, bring on the lantern. No. Lantern's a shit. Bring on the pandas. Like, sorry, Shui Ron Ron. You let us down. It, you know, Big Dwayne Dwayne set the bar so high uh, oh. with his antics that I, I I don't think we'd even need to talk about the opening closing ceremonies. I don't think there was anything to it. There was a record player on the ground in uh, the closing ceremonies. That's all it was. But uh, Better than a treadmill? Of course, uh. <laughs> of course there's going to be children in these events. And when I saw Shui Ron, all I kept thinking about it, uh, a flashback to, um, I'm sure this happens everywhere and every kid has done it, but uh, there was uh, an event I did. It was rappelling down the tallest building in Winnipeg. And uh, fun story, I got to rappel down to the themes for Mission Impossible and James Bond as I did that. But uh, they had like a mascot there for the charity that it was for. And uh, my youngest nephew at the time, who was, I think, maybe seven or eight, uh, it's like, hey, you want to go see the mascot? He's like, hey, punches him right in the gut. <laughs> and then repeatedly kept doing it until you have to drag away. <laughs> Punch it. I'm like, I just want to see these kids punching Shui Ron Ron in the gut. Like then Shui Ron Ron's going to get what he deserves for being boring. And we'll get some of this, this you know, uh, ridiculous falling on your back and can't get up that we got from Bing Bunra. It, um, I remember going to like hockey, like field hockey games as a kid. And we had a... Tasmanian tiger mascot and it was all about just pulling its tail so then like turning around like what, what's going on and all that sort of stuff but um yeah I, I I've met your nephews and that probably doesn't surprise <laughs> me that they would um punch punch uh, mascots in the stuff and, and true story that mascot is still suffering internal bleeding after all these years <laughs> uh this nephew actually also punched Ben in the stomach the first time <laughs> Yeah, but that was because. Yeah, I won't. I'll finish that sentence anyway. Oh, let's not finish that sentence. All right, Uh, that's pretty much a wrap for the Paralympics. But we have some. I'll let I'll let Ben uh, tease we have coming up because I already forgot the whole timeline of what you told me. But uh, I mean, we got interviews. You can I guess tease those. But I guess our next live interview uh, or live thing we do. I don't know. Maybe we will or won't do a live interview. But something big is coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, sure, live interviews. Why not? Um, Mac Horton next week. Big interview. Uh, Rio gold medalist, of course. Um, competed in Tokyo and did this interview. I can't even remember. It was like end of last year, basically. Uh, he was in lockdown. Uh, he'd flown. I don't know if that was when he just flown back from the Olympics or had been somewhere else. Actually, incredibly fun interview. Uh, really, really good interview with Mac Horton. So I've always been looking forward to this one to come out. So that's next. But um, outside of that, the uh, obviously voting for the Sports Podcast Awards done. Thank you to both of you who voted. It was it was a pleasure. Uh, Jared, I'm sure you uh, your multiple votes help there. But that will be announced in about two weeks. So uh, we've got all those fingers and toes crossing crossed. our fingers and eyes. Everything. And eyes and um, and I don't know what else. Let's not finish that else. sentence either. No, that's not. But uh, plenty to come, plenty of interviews um, and other things. And, yeah, as we said, during the Olympics, 
Commonwealth Games. We'll, we'll do at least one or two during that like we did during the Gold Coast because I'm sure it will be blanket coverage here in the US. Uh, just, I just can't wait to see <laughs> NBC's 24-7 coverage of the Commonwealth Games. They love it here. I think the three people I've mentioned it to since I've here, I'm like, what are those? Um, they don't even know. It's true story. They don't even know what the Pan Ams are. When I'm like, so you, you know what the Pan Am Games are, right? And they're like, what the fuck are they? I'm like, Jesus, like Pan Am games must be huge in the US. Um, but, uh, and yeah, uh, the one I'm like super excited for later this year, of course, is is the World Cup because as we said, Canada, you need your bloody point, you're in. Um, Australia, we need a bloody miracle and we're in. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i the soccer freak on this show. So it'll be interesting to see just how you two, uh, the band, and also Jared and Colin, Special guest Bono coming to our World Cup coverage <laughs> later this year. Um, how that plays out. So uh, yeah, bring bring it on. Been in America for a few weeks and he's already calling it soccer. Just disgraceful. Well, I've always called it soccer. I'm Australian. We don't call it football. I mean, I, I prefer to Do call you not? it football. I, actually, no, I don't we think we ever it, talked about that. We call it soccer because football. I mean, if you're Jared, football is rugby, and football for me is Australian mm. football. Um, but like, I personally like to call soccer football because it is the true form of football. You only use your feet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're exactly. here in America, and you in Canada. Why the fuck do you call your versions football when you throw the ball ninety eight percent of the time? So one player is allowed sense. to use their foot. Exactly, that, and just... that's football in North America. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually, uh, you told me about the Mac Horton one, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago and I, I was like shocked. Wow. You got Mac Horton. That's good. Cause I mean, the Australian athletes, you know, you, there's a huge amount you can pick from, but I mean, that's one of those names that even if you're in Canada, you know who Mac Horton is. And so I'm, I'm, I'm Oh, sorry, I was going to say for off the podium. Oh, I mean, we we started in Rio, of course, and he was our first gold medalist on day one. Like, we mm. were winning the medal tally back in Rio, of course, thanks to Mac Horton. So, um, yeah, like, he's always been there. And, uh, you know, obviously he had a disappointing Tokyo. And he actually talks about sort of, like, what happened in not qualifying for the 400 metres. You know, that was one of the biggest stories come from uh, Tokyo in the lead-up, which I don't even know if we really talked too much about, was the fact that the, the defending Olympic champion in the 400 metres, like, you know, the great Mac Horton didn't even qualify for the individual 400 for Tokyo. So, um, yeah, he talks about it. He's quite honest about it. Um, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a great interview with Matt Court. I think people will get a lot out of it. I, I already got a lot out of it. Just and Jared got even more, just being lazy, just sitting there. He's just like, fuck <laughs> it. This is, my, this is my jam. Don't have to do anything. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, also, as we said, the Sports Podcast Awards, stay tuned for the announcement. See if we win or not. We're anxiously awaiting to see if we won or not. Or Ben wasted hours <laughs> rigging the votes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Both our voters will be offended at that. <laughs> uh, but we will wait and see for that. Um, uh, as always, Jared, thank you for pulling your weight. And uh, I, I guess you're, you're holding out hope for that uh, Jack Wallace cereal box to soon be coming from Ben. Oh, you know it. No, no worries. I'm, I'm always uh, happy to carry this show. And Ben, you did it. You interviewed a gold medalist. We interviewed a gold medalist. You still haven't done it on your own, but uh, congratulations, Ben. And thank you for all your contributions during the Paralympics on social media. <laughs> they were very uh, large contributions, weren't they? Uh, no, thank you, Colin, for you pulling your weight this episode and hosting one of these for once. So good job. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll try to fumble my way through this. Uh, how do we close these shows? Uh, no, shout out rely to- on the other people who do the work. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to um, uh, a newly single, Jason Momoa. Stay away from my wife. 
And uh, always remember to... Well, just to Jason Momoa, there's a bunch of other people that you'd be saying that sentence to. Just wear a t-shirt. Stay away from my wife. Stay away from... Jason Momoa, stay away from any married woman. Uh, and uh, because all the wives are on the right, uh, Jason Momoa, go left. Go left.